The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Mike Salk. Brought to you by Pizza Hut on 710 ESPN Seattle. Well, what a way to start this year's version of the Pete Carroll Show here on the Mike Salk Show. But after a fantastic week one win on the road. Good morning, coach. Yeah, this is the Mike Salk Show. What are you talking about, man? Let's go to the Salk Mines, man. Let's get what's up. Where you been? Where have I been? I know I've missed this. I was trying management, and it turns out, Coach, I'm going to leave that to you. You're 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 a people manager. You you understand how to get the yeah. best out of folks. I just like coming on and squawking about football and baseball and psyched for hockey and all that. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Thanks. It's fun being back. How are you doing? Great, great, man. We uh we had a really terrific weekend and. Uh, had fun playing football. It was fun being there. Guys played like crazy, and and uh, you know a lot of things come together because of the way we managed the off season and how we managed our way through the camp and then and then the preseason games and all of that. You know, everybody had some questions, wondering what was going to happen, and you know we kind of banked on what we what we had learned the year before, and it worked out just fine. The guys played really hard, and were tough, and ran and hit and did all the good things, and and. Uh, we were real healthy going in. You're making some changes to some of your philosophies. You're you're adapting, it seems, a little bit as you get older. I mean, it used to be Earl Thomas was out there. You think I'm stuck in the mud? Man? No, the doing? opposite. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, it. It seems very much like you are are looking and being creative and finding new ways to do things. Does that keep you yeah. excited? I, yeah, I think if you either adapt or you fall apart and get crushed, you know, you, you got to go. Um, I'm probably more that way than than. The young guys, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I keep pushing uh, and, and, and staying real curious and to get better, you know, and I, I think that's the only way to go. I don't know any other way to do it because, to me, that's competing. So, um, But, uh, yeah, we have had some good changes, and we've done so – we made some smart changes, and I'm, I'm really pleased about that. Well, one is obviously bringing in Shane Waldron. and I've spent most of the last three and a half hours talking about him. I've just been completely blown away, and I think all, most of our audience was as well, by what we saw from him and this offense, which was a total mystery to most of us, what it would look like actually seeing it with the starters in game action. What specifically do you point to with him and say, this is what he has brought to this new offense? Uh, he, he's he's brought a, a, a wide bre- a breadth of um, commitment. He believes in a lot of stuff that we have talked about and, and tiptoed into and, and all that. That's just kind of in his. It's become part of his coaching background, and uh, that has to do with tempo and and uh, it has to do with uh, ability to communicate. It has to do with what you know what's what you can do. You know the the potential of things. And he's got a big big palette that, that he works from and 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 he can communicate it really well and he's really really bright and so um it's it's just been really exciting to watch and you know from the first time we started talking i was all fired up about him but you never know <laughs> you know it's just conversation on the phone and zooming and all that kind of stuff and you hope and uh just everything that's lined up is lined up and he's been able to back it up and what he did on, on game day yesterday was what he's been doing the whole time he's been on the practice field with us and in the meeting room. He's, the way he talked, the way he operated, his expectations, his ability to communicate, uh, his sense for what's going on, and, and uh, it, it just carried carried over. And I, we haven't, you know, we just played one game, but what. The carryover occurred on game day, and he he pulled it off. He did a great job. I heard you say yesterday you've never seen such chemistry chemistry between a quarterback and a play caller. How does that manifest itself on game day? 
Uh, they they're talking the whole time. They're they're communicating the entire time, and 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 uh, I mean even you know while Russ is at the line of scrimmage, they're talking. You know, not talking from Russ, but from Shane to Russ, and he there's an ongoing conversation, all the way up until there's no more time left about you know what we're seeing, what we're doing, what's happening, helping each other, and, and they they do it together, and and uh, it's it's really it was really fun to watch. Was there a play that stood out uh, yesterday that was sort of new or definitively Shane Waldron? Um, well, let me see. Yeah, here's one I'll give you. that, that Our ability to, to sight and pick up the blitz, uh, why this is Shane Waldron is because he's open-minded enough to do things that we've done in the past. You know, Russell has been able to, to strike you dead in, in blitz situations for years. And, you know, another coach might have said, well, that's not the way I do it, you know. And, and uh, his ability to draw from all of the good things. And we scored a lot of points last year, and we've done a lot of great things here. And, and it wasn't that we had to start all over again. And he was willing to, to learn and grow and, and incorporate. And so the two of them just bang, bang, bang. And, 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 you know, Russ got us exactly where he needed to get us. We picked up the pressure. And then the execution from the years of experience with Tyler, you know, where they did that exactly the way it's supposed to happen, um, was, uh, I think, a, a, an illustration of Shane's openness and, and creativity and, and really, uh, you know, his humility, too. Yeah, it all came together, sounded like this. Looked like they're playing single coverage outside. Russell looking for the snap. He gets it. Here comes the blitz. Russ going to let it fly down the middle of the field. Lockett is there. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Tyler Lockett, we love you, baby. Looks back over his shoulder and finds a beautiful rainbow pass. From Russell Wilson against the Blitz, a 23-yard touchdown strike, and the Seahawks go on top, 6-3. It's a beautiful catch if a center fielder makes it going over his shoulder, Jim Edmonds-like, but to do that wearing, I know I sound silly when I say this, but to do that wearing a helmet that in some way restricts your vision, I think is just truly amazing. How does Tyler make that play? It would restrict your vision, yes. but obviously not Tyler's. No kidding. You know, you know, he can. He he just has. It was just one of those Tyler moments, you know, and Russ moments that that, that we've seen over the years. That it was just perfectly done, and, and just it was just like choreographed, you know, and and uh, it was gorgeous. And it, I, I love that Tyler. Tyler didn't know who Willie Mays' about Willie Mays' catch when somebody made reference to it. Somebody said it on the sidelines to me. And then uh, uh, also that Tyler also told you he was doing it in pregame. He was working on that catch in pregame. And and uh, um, and then all, all of a sudden, here it is, and it, and it pops up. You know, it's great. Uh, maybe last thing on, on Shane, but this came up afterwards, and Justin likes to ask me to, to help him understand things, which usually I'm not very good at explaining after that. But I, I like asking you some of these football questions to help me understand. I, I've heard the term cover two beaters and that Shane's offense has some specific cover two beaters. What does that mean, and how, does that, how do we see those in a game? Well, what it, let's see, what do I want to tell you here? What it means is that <clears throat> when there's two high, you hear the terms about two high safeties, you know, that, and, and uh, um, that's, that's basically represents people playing half field coverage where two safeties play half field and the corners are rolled up basically. That's the general way to look at it. And then you need coverage concepts that can attack that principle of coverage. And that's what coverage two beaters are. They're the, there's a, an array of them that, that, you know, you can call to try to beat beat those safeties back there and, and uh, where that coverage adds another defender in the under coverage just five guys under some combination of that it makes it harder to throw the intermediate routes and takes away the right receiver sometimes you got to go up top and, and attack it and so that's what coverage two beaters are do the tight ends play a major role in that they can 
Yeah, they can. Um, it just depends on. Uh, it, it, there's a variety of ways to do it. You know, you're basically trying to spread the field and and hurt those two safeties so they can't cover everybody. Sure, seemed like your tight ends were very involved in the offense yesterday, and, and yeah, really, really came out that. well. I really like that. I just had a great game, and and uh, we're just starting to see what Gerald's going to do. Gerald will do so many things for us. Uh, he had a really nice game. Unfortunately, the stats don't count. That the other screen that he had when he made a, a you know beautiful run on. Um, but he, he's going to get a lot of balls and coming his way, and he's going to be very alive on third down, very alive in the red zone, and a really go-to guy. How was their blocking? The, the tight ends? Yeah. They did fine. You know, really, Mike, we went against a team that was the number two team against the Rush yesterday, uh, a year ago, and they're better. They got a couple guys to add to their uh, their front seven, and... Uh, we ran the ball average over five yards to carry against them. They they allowed three seven or something, you know, for the season last year. They were very difficult to run our base offense against. When you look at the you know the whole season of, of work, and we ran our things just like we've been counting on. And so um, that was a really good showing. So the tight ends had a big role in that, as did the guys up front. Chris Carson seemed like he had a pretty big role in it as well. That would you say that number thirty two looking so good? I mean, it he was. So good. He looked pretty good yesterday. He was physical and violent and fast and everything that we've kind of come to expect with him. Exactly, yeah. And and to see us pop a short yardage play right off the bat, you know, and get him out in the open and and then he's mauling the guy on the sidelines over there. It was just great stuff. He hit a a toss one time, too, that he just roared up in there. Um, And he ran well with the ball after the catch, too. So He did all the things that that you hope Chris Carson's going to do, and he sent the message about, you know who he is and, and really our running game and so it was a great start in that regard first uh, short yardage play of the, your season you decide to run behind Gabe Jackson and Brandon Shell and just rely on those guys these guys are huge now <laughs> have you seen Gabe Jackson he's a big he's, boy he's a big fella now and uh, he's really good at coming off the ball and he loves the attitude part of the game and, and so it was great to give them a shot well, we've gone this far. We haven't really talked about your defense, and shame on me. I know how much you love to talk about them, and for good reason, after a really, really good start. Tell me about the rotational depth that you have up front and the ability to, to bring a lot of different guys in and keep them fresh. Yeah, it's a little bit of Rolodex. You know, they, we, I thought Clint did a really good job of managing that. Only one time did we have to sprint a guy on late. Uh, we do have a variety of guys, and, and what, what I think I saw – yesterday was what we had been seeing all throughout camp and in some of the preseason games uh that there's a variety of guys and a variety of styles of players that we can go to you know and and i thought uh, daryl had a very good first game daryl taylor um and we we saw benson mayoa played really well in his role uh carlos really forced the issue um alton robinson uh, did some nice stuff late in the game he, he didn't get as much play time as i wish he could have got but Rasheem Green really was was on fire, which he's been like that the entire camp. We moved his position and changed him, and uh, he's totally taken to it. He gets a lot more edge play, and, and uh, he just looks like a, a terror. And, and I'm just so excited to see him. You know, we 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 forget how young he is. He's still just a young kid, you know, and he's grown at it. And man, is he coming to life! So there's a lot of different factors that that support it, and the guys inside played well too. You know, so. Uh, this is we're way ahead of where we started last time and last year, and, and so I'm hoping we can find a really good combination of rotations mm. that makes these guys really you know come to life. Mora was telling me that Rasheem Green is still he's younger than D. Eskridge. 
despite yeah. being in his third year and D just getting his first start. He's younger yeah. than D Eskridge is. You, yeah. You've said before, I know you don't think I listen to you, but I do, that you have a developmental program, right? That part of the part of what your job is as a coach. I, never, I don't remember saying you don't listen to me. <laughs> well, yeah, listen we have, carefully. I try to remember these things. We're developmental later. coaches, you know, and, and uh, where, where, where you want me to go with that? Well, what do you think? well with Rasheem specifically, what, what, how has he developed and what has been – your goal with him and his development over the last three years to get yeah, him to today. You know, he came to us really young, and we always thought of him as just a you know just kind of a young young pup just getting going, and uh, always hoping for the upside. He's really bright. He's he's really uh, tough. He's uh, he's got you know great length and and he's and he's explosively strong. Um, I, I just think we've we've found a better spot for him to show his stuff, um, and it's the you've noticed the guys were playing on the edge. You know those the, those guys are, they have a factor in the rush and they have a factor in the run, and they do some pass stuff too. And and uh, he's just been playing so he's just cut it loose so well all camp that uh, it, it showed up in the games. I mean he it was a clear example of a guy who brought his practice work and all that to to game day, and uh, we're really excited for him. Coach, I saw you after say you were pretty fired up about how well your team traveled. I saw you talking about that in the in the locker room post game. Why is that so meaningful? Because we got so many games on the road and the way out there, you know, they keep sending us. You know, I saw I saw that we have we somebody said we were twelve and one or something like that. You know, on the on these games, and the next team that had winning it was five and two, mm. the next best team. Well, how, that means we played twice as many games. <laughs> you know, or we out there that much more than everybody else. So we just have we've had to adapt to that and get used to it, and uh, we've developed a whole rhythm for it. And I was excited to take the new guys through it. In hopes that it would work, you know, and we could have a good selling point. And we had a perfect weekend in that regard. We had it was a blast. Uh, we stayed fired up the whole time. Uh, we were energized and, and charged. That's which is part of it, you know. When you're playing ten o'clock in the morning, you know, you got to get ready to go. And and so, uh, you know, you, you got to wake up. And so our guys were campaigning to get that done, and we pulled it off again. I thought the pregame tribute and anthem, uh, the nine eleven stuff, was really, really well done by the league. As you're sitting there and. And we were realizing there are guys in your team that, that were infant. I mean, they were really young and probably don't even remember what happened in September 11th, 20 years ago. What were you thinking about as that was happening? And have you had some of those conversations with the young guys on your team? Yeah, well, we did talk about it and show a little tribute uh, to, to make sure that everybody was tuned in. You know, I, I think everybody knows because it's, it's so publicized, but yet they weren't there for the experience of it and what it felt like. And they can't remember where they were and when you're two years old and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I think it. Everybody is aware. It, it's really hard to know the impact of what that was, and, and really the impact. Of what happened still is still with us today, and, and it's changed us in a lot of ways. Not always all the good stuff. It's been a, been a lot of hard stuff that, that's taken place that we've lived through, and, and we've hopefully, you know, we have, we don't want to forget, but more so, we we need to we need to get better, and we need to remember how to get better, and not repeat the same mistakes and problems that we've had. In the past, and so it was a very difficult uh, weekend. I thought just just being immersed in it, but for good reason. We needed to be, and we we need to continue to grow from it. And that's what I hope happens. I hope our guys do too, you know. And so um, we, we we went kind of heart to heart. I thought the tribute was well done and and, and well stated. Uh, injury updates, just to kind of figure out where everybody's at. Rashad Penny would be the first. Uh, you said it was more precautionary to get him out. Do you think we'll see him this week? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, he's got a little bit of calf issue, and, and uh, uh, we'll we'll determine the next couple of days how we handle that. But we got to take care of him and make sure that he gets back. He looked great when the couple carries that he had, and, and uh, but it just 
it, 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 it got tight on him. So we, we, we've done some tests and stuff like that. We'll let you know in the next couple of days. But uh, he's gonna. We got to take care of him. And D. Eskridge. Um, that you know concussion deal. You just gotta wait and see see how how he bounces back. He he felt fine last night and was you know was saying he was good and all that. But he and, and uh, Penny Hart also you know had to get hit in the head. Those guys both have to go through the protocol and we gotta figure them out. Eskridge is quick, huh? Yeah, he's Dude. really explosive. I did not he's realize really... he was that kind of fast until we saw yeah, him in the open he, field. He's not just fast and explosive, but he knows how to use it. You'll see him as you when he gets openings. Man, he knows how to hit, hit it, you know, and, and uh, he's got good feel for blocks and setting things up and all that. He's going to make some really big plays this year. Clearly, uh, his first couple of touches are, are in the running game on those jet sweeps, but what? how do you see his development in the passing game, and, and what should we expect from him in that part there, this year? There really isn't anything he can't do. He, he run, he's a good route runner. He's got fantastic catching range, really strong hands. Uh, he's really good with the ball all out and away from him, his body on the deep stuff. So there's nothing that you can't you can't go to him with. And but we're going to take it slowly so that we don't overload him. We want to make sure that we, he comes along with confidence and, and and success, and and then he'll grow fast if we do that. It's funny. I remember you know when we first started doing this a decade or so ago, Golden Tate was here and others. I remember a lot of conversation then about how it take took wide receivers longer to figure out in the NFL, and it might take them two or three years before they really kind of hit their stride. Is it all the spread offenses that we're seeing in college and all the – it just seems like that's no longer the case, at least the, the same golden rule that it was maybe a decade ago. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think there's still there's still a lot of growth that needs to take place, and some guys are just better at it than others. You know, I, I don't remember if we talked this way about it, but some guys that are really natural football players, just natural athletes, guys that things come easy to, they don't they don't pick up all of the details along the way. They're able to do stuff by kind of doing it on their own and kind of making things up, and they always can kind of make things happen, you know, for the positive and all that. And the, and the discipline that it takes to be really accountable doesn't always come to them real easily. And, and so it just depends on the athletes, you know, and, and, and how, how it comes down. But I do think, it, like, in particular, like, uh, Eskridge was, he was a split end, and he played out on the edge and played, you know, he didn't, he never got in the slot to speak of, and we didn't know what he could do. We never saw it on film. So we had to figure that out, you know, from the workouts that we we saw, and then when we finally got him on the field, and as soon as he got here, we, he could do everything. And w- there wasn't any restrictions. You could say he was a limited player just going off his film, but he, but he, he that was just because of what they decided to do with their scheme and all. So he's he's ready to roll. And, and uh, But again, we're not going to overload him. We want to make sure that we bring him along properly. Well, and he's got a couple pretty good wide receivers in front of him. We talked a little bit about Tyler, but I mean, the weapon that is DK Metcalf and just the yeah. freak show athleticism and everything else. I know he was quiet in the first half of that game, and then he kind of made his big play late. How 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 good can he be this year? Oh, he's really he's really getting into it now. If you watch the big comeback that he ran and he spun the guy around, he, the guy was ten yards away from him because he was worried about him running by him. That impact. Uh, he, he's no secret anymore you know these guys know who he is they know how fast he is they know you know kind of the dynamics that he brings and he's and it's a factor you know and so uh um there's really there's no restrictions to to dk's game he can do everything we move him all around he's playing inside and outside it was just unfortunate the ball could have gone to him a number of times early on but the ball went somewhere else successfully so we were okay he was great about it he didn't care he just was having fun playing football. You notice he tried to he tried to rile some guys up, and he got caught by it. He got bit, you know, and he he just 
he found out one of the new limits, you know, <laughs> he tested. It well, a thank bit God early. they're changing that rule, Pete. I mean, I, I know people were very concerned about the amount of trash talking in the NFL. <laughs> where, where does this even come from? Where, why would the NFL possibly think that that is something they need to limit? I don't know. You know, a year ago or whenever it was, maybe two years ago now, when they decided they were going to let celebrations right. go, you know, I thought that was a really good move, you know, and then this kind of looks like a step in the other direction, but, but it is about respect. They want, they wanted to see respect demonstrated in the game and they don't want to lose that. And this is one way to try to maintain, you know, you know, some adherence to that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast. Two days from now, on Wednesday, you're going to turn 70. So happy early birthday, uh, 70th birthday, a milestone. Appreciate you're going to become a septuagenarian, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, it was interesting when they when they were talking about it on the broadcast, they put up the other coaches who have coached into their 70s, and Marv Levy's name certainly stood out to me as somebody that I watched. And you know, <laughs> I, That can't be right. Because, hold on for a sec. When Marv Levy was coaching, and they used to talk about how old he was, I thought he was so freaking so old. So did I. There's no way, you know. And all of a sudden, they, they throw me in there with Marv. And my goodness, that, I, that was a little bit surprising because I used to think he was just as old as the hills. You know? Well, that's so, what I, that's what know, I was going to ask you about because when yeah. I, Marv <laughs> seemed old at 70, and he was like, oh, yeah, and then there's all these coaches, and then there's Marv. Did you ever imagine you would be coaching at the same age as Marv was at that time? Uh, no, I never really thought about it. I can't tell you I, I ever had that thought. That didn't even seem possible. <laughs> so I never had the thought. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, and I had great respect for him. You know, I, I was in the in the East, uh, you know, for years, all during their best years, you know, and uh, trying to defend the K gun and all that. So I knew him well enough, and then you know, grew to really respect him and all of that, of course, and and, and have a n- nice little relationship uh, as it is, but. Um, yeah, I, mean, I always thought the, I just <laughs> there's no way. How could you be coaching when you're there? Anyway, so obviously that I've changed my perspective on that too. <laughs> what are there elements of that K gun that are still seen in the NFL today? Yeah, sure. It seems yeah. like one of those yeah, offenses that know people it. have built on. Yeah, guys don't know that they're doing it, but yeah, that was it was a fantastic experience and experiment that they did back in the day. Matter of fact, a couple of years ago, you know, I I went to Marvin the off season and spent time talking to him about the background and the history and, and, and the philosophy and the approach and all of that, because I wanted to understand it again. And, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's prevalent. People just don't give him credit for it. It's kind of like they're lost up there in, in Buffalo somewhere. Nobody cared that much about it. Even though they went to all those Super Bowls and all, they did a marvelous, marvelous, uh, thing with their football and were way ahead of their time, obviously. And it's a classic from, for Marv Levy. You all excited to get fans back at, uh, home base now Lumen field on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope that they have a ball. I mean, they've, they've, they've missed a lot of really cool stuff, you know, and, and we weren't able to put in front of them last year some great football games, some great moments, and great opportunities to be proud to be a, you know, a twelve and all that. I hope, I hope we can, you know, kick that off again this time around and get it rolling. There's some guys I, I can't wait for them to see, you know. There's some players I can't wait for them to see Jamal, you know, and see what he does and how he plays the game. There's stuff that's happening that you can't see on the TV screen sometimes. And, and uh, um, I'll, I'll, there's just a lot of highlights that are going to be really fun for our fans to enjoy. There was some debate here in the building this morning about whether or not you guys won before the fourth quarter yesterday. Is it? Can we say that you won not in the fourth quarter yesterday, or can you still no, only no, win the game no, in the fourth no, quarter? You can, no, you can't win until the fourth quarter. No, right. we can't say that. But you the did make it a little easier in the fourth quarter this time. It was nice. Yeah, it was a nice finish. We, were in, we felt in, in good control. And, and, you know, really, Mike, th- this game was... 
it was crucially valuable to us because we looked at this team as a real championship club. They have all of the elements, and and uh, and and then we, you know, we were able to put a game like, together like that. I felt I take great pride in that win to start the season. Coach, congratulations! Happy early birthday! One and zero coming home for a home game on Sunday against a Tennessee squad that is zero and one. We're looking forward to talking uh, throughout the year. Thank you. It feels great to talk to you, Mike. Uh, glad you're back. Let's kick, let's kick butt, man. See Same. ya. Thanks, Coach. Really appreciate it. This is Pete Carroll Show. We do that uh, every day after the game, so usually on Mondays at 9.30 here on 710 ESPN Seattle.